Hi, and welcome to the I Have Fallen and Need Some Help podcast, where the main mission is to educate, equip, and empower families who are caring for their elderly loved ones. We will discuss resources, how to be our best selves, and ways to define success to create success. I am Erin Thompson, a 20-year veteran in the senior living industry and a 15-year family caregiver, and I cannot wait to add value to your life. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of I Have Fallen and Need Some Help podcast. I am Erin Thompson, and I am so thankful that you are here. Again, this podcast is for anyone who is caring for an elderly loved one, family, or friend, and also for people who may have already put their loved one into an assisted living community or a long-term care community and are just looking for little bits and pieces of advice to make it as successful as an experience as it can be. So if you fall into either of those categories, you're at the right place, and I hope that I can add value to your current experience. Today, I want to go over the power of patterns. I think that patterns play a huge role in our life, whether or not we actually know that they are playing a role in our life? Um, How many times do we get stuck in a cycle of negative thinking or a cycle of negative behavior choices or we see loved ones doing that and that if we could just know what brought it on or know what triggered it, then maybe we could have bobbed instead of weaved and kind of missed that negative Point in our life. So I think I want to just talk about how we can use the power of the patterns for in our life for good rather than being a victim to the negative aspects of the patterns. Because the end result is ultimately what we're we're looking looking at, right? We can look back at our lives and see how these patterns either played a positive role in the outcome or a negative role in the outcome. And by looking back, we can see, oh, that was a pattern that didn't suit me. Or that was a pattern that did suit me. How do I get back to that? So I think from a caregiving standpoint, our mindset is important. And whether or not you are actually physically the care of the loved one at their home or hiring people to care for your loved one at the home, or you just moved your loved one into an assisted living or a long-term care community, patterns are very, very important. And even if you're a parent, right? Patterns are important in in any type of relationship that that we have currently that, that you are giving the care. Um, so how we use the patterns to our advantage really is if you identify them, right? Then identify if they are good or bad. Use them. You use the patterns to to get the end result of what you want. And then you create new patterns that suit you. So if you've been in any type of negative part of your life, or you're currently in one right now, you see the pattern of behavior that you're in, right? The pattern of thought, maybe the pattern of behavior. And so the first step in anything is to identify that we have 
an area of opportunity to correct. Or we can identify that this is really working for me. I want to keep it going, right? So if you just moved a loved one into assisted living, you are probably thinking, wow, this is really working for me. It kind of takes the load off a little bit of me. But yet now you've got a new set of responsibilities because you're going to be expected to go see that loved one inside that community. If you're taking care of your loved one at home and all of a sudden there's a kind of a spiral of some negative patterns, whether it's coming from your thoughts or whether it's coming from the care that they need, we've got to identify, hold on a second, we got to stop and we got to fix this, right? Um, that's how patterns can work in your advantage. When you when you identify that we have something that needs our, our focus, right? And then maybe identify what those triggers are that led to the negative event or that led to the positive event. If it's a negative event, you know, if your loved one has fallen several times, right? We have a pattern. My loved one has fallen several times. So then what is triggering, what is causing those falls, right? Because we have a pattern. And then can we analyze each fall and see exactly what's happened? How did they feel before each fall? Were they sitting down and then stood up when they fell? Were they walking without their walker? What we're doing here is looking for patterns, right? So we can stop that event from happening again, you know? My loved one is loving assisted living. Why is that? Is it because they have structure throughout their day, because they have someone to talk to all the time, because they have activities that are planned for them and their social needs are being met? All those are patterns that lead to success. And those same things that lead to success may be what's causing the pattern at home to not be as great. Right. So when we identify the patterns that are working for us and working against us, then we can keep things working for us and then we can stop the negative things from working against us and create new patterns to have the patterns work for us. Right. That's the key. I think to be in tune enough to know what's working, what's not, why, and then using that information to our advantage to create a plan that's going to work for us. So if you've listened to my first episode, my grandmother, um, I was her caregiver for 15 years. And of course, with the help of my mother. And instead of just waiting for my grandmother to call us and tell us she wanted her hair done or she needed to go to the store or whatever, which I think is what happened at the beginning, we said, no, that doesn't work for us. This pattern of you're not able to plan, it doesn't work. So we're going to have to create patterns that do work. Every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, someone can be there to bathe you at your apartment. And then on Saturday, we can get your hair done and take you to the grocery store. Right. So the inconsistency of her requests did not work for us socially and personally. But when we created a pattern, a system that worked in our favor, that we could plan for, then it worked for everyone. 
And so sometimes stress is in caregiving and parenting in your work environment is because you do not have a system for that particular event that is stressing you out. You're scared that you're not going to be able to handle what may come, what is happening. You know, we're kind of living in a in a just an uncertainty feeling which can cause the fear and the anxiety to come, which to me are triggers, right? Not knowing, not having a plan, not being prepared. All those things are triggers for fear and anxiety and negative pattern behavior. So if you can identify just by looking in the past, that if things were not working, it's probably because there are not positive patterns in place for a positive outcome. Or if you're feeling stress and anxiety in a certain environment, it may be because you're just fearful that you don't know how you're going to manage it. So the more that you identify the triggers for negative outcomes, negative results, You can change them with positive patterns for positive results. And that's in the mindset of caregiving. It's in the mindset of successful managing. It's in the mindset of successful parenting. Um, You know, you have to be able to identify what's working and what's not. Create plans for positive outcomes. And then utilize what you've identified to work in your favor. That's literally putting caregiving in in work workplace policies. But if we don't do that, we're really going to start swimming in a lot of resentments and negative feelings that I think can really discourage good family relationships, especially if you've got six siblings or six people wanting to be responsible for someone's care, the more you can create, the more you can plan, the more you can have a roadmap, the better success you will have in caring for someone through the lens of dignity and respect. Because you want your loved one to feel a part of it. If your loved one doesn't feel a part of the plan and they're just being told what can and cannot happen, that's not going to work. And if your loved one is the one telling you what will and will not happen, that's not going to work either. <laughs> that pattern's not going to work, right? So the more you come together and create a plan, the better your care- caregiving experience will be. The better systems you will have and the better systems that you have, the less fear and anxiety will creep in. And the more prepared you are to handle situations that may arise that you weren't planning for. When it comes to caregiving for elderly loved ones that are currently living at home, and you are thinking about maybe a situation like an assisted living community or a memory care community or a long-term care community may be better suited for them. One of the things I want you to utilize are patterns. If you're scared of how you're going to, or you're nervous about how you're going to talk to someone about the move, I think if you just spring the conversation on them 
and they didn't have time to prepare, your outcome may not be what you want it to be. But if you're able to work from a proactive standpoint and talk about certain situations that may have been difficult for them to navigate without the help of someone, or if over the course of time you had an opportunity to jot down a few things that were consistently coming up that worried you, and you had small conversations about how leaving the stove on twice in one week is very worrisome, or falling and not being able to get themselves up and being on the floor for too long is worrisome. These are patterns that are speaking to you that someone needs more help. Whether that's moving into a different community or bringing people into the home that can help them or creating a plan that involves more people coming in to help. These are all situations that can be discussed based on patterns and that gives you talking points when trying to convince someone that they need more help. Identifying those patterns and then communicating what you have and from a proactive standpoint. And these conversations can be really, really hard. And I think one of the things that you need to remind yourself and that you can communicate to your loved one is that I am doing this through the lens of dignity and love. I am not making these decisions out of anger, out of frustration, out of resentment. I am making these decisions because the patterns that I have written down worry me. They are not allowing my loved one the safety they need. And I have to do what is best for my loved one because I love them and I want them to have dignity and respect. And that is what you can say. And that would be hard to fight if you have to have those conversations. Now, clearly, a very stubborn person will not want to see those patterns and want to realize that they are true. And that's okay. That's okay. What you have to do as the one responsible for ensuring their their well-being and safety is know that they are true and that regardless of what anyone thinks or wants to do, something has to be done to protect your elderly loved one. And what that is, it will be based on the patterns that you documented, but you have them. If we're not paying attention to things that happen over and over again, we will miss what led to the big event. And the more in tune we are with the repetitions of certain incidents, behaviors, thought processes, the more proactive you can be in your caregiving approach. And being proactive is hard because you never know what you will prevent. Whereas when you're reactive, you are reacting to an event that leaves you no choice. Both are equally impactful, right? And I don't think either one is ultimately success or failure. It's just which approach do you want to take? And I have seen many people take both approaches. And not every and not the big event is not the the most awful event, right? I have seen where being dehydrated led somebody to the hospital and then to rehab and then finally 
children coming together saying, we can't do this anymore. You're going to have to move into assisted living. That wasn't, that was a big event, right? That was somebody in the hospital and then in a 21 day rehab stay. And then finally the realization that this person could not live on their own as much as everyone wanted that person to, it just was not in the best interest of that person. But it was the event that caused the reaction. And then that person thrived for years in assisted living. Then you have people who make a decision based on the isolation that their loved one has and not a big event. It's just, you know, my mother used to thrive and used to be involved in all these events. And, you know, slowly all that's been taken away from her and we want more for her. And that's a proactive approach. We don't know what that prevented, but this person thrived in assisted living for a long time. Patterns can give you the topics of conversation you need to get the care that's required. It can also lead you to find out medical events that you didn't even know that your loved one could be suffering from. And even for you yourself to be able to get you out of a rut of negative thinking or to keep you in a positive state of mind, to keep you what keeps you consistently happy, what keeps you consistently moving in the in the same direction that you want to go. That's the power of patterns. Hey, it's me again. It's Erin. I just wanted to let you know that I created a Facebook group for those listeners who may want a little bit more support, who may want to ask some questions, who may want to appreciate Facebook Live or two a month where I give caregiving tips, assisted living tips, any kind of senior living tips that that you might find interesting. So find me at the Facebook group as the same name as this podcast. I've fallen and need some help. Talk to you soon.